guys. Welcome back to Sync Ratios. This is the first uh, one we've recorded since we've added the music, which is funny. <laughs> I should have had a more exciting, like, welcome yeah. <laughs> to Sync Ratios. Well, it's funny because we're so far ahead that it's been, the music's been on the episodes for probably like six or something episodes now. So you guys are, have already gotten used to this, but for us, it's just Did you go back commenting. and retroactively put it on the first two? Uh, I, I probably can. And I should look into that as long as it doesn't like fuck up the the data stuff on through Anchor. I want to make sure we don't like lose our it's staff. Probably fine. I mean, it'll it be is. exciting when you hit episode three or whatever, mm-hmm. and the ode to joy kicks in. Uh, hey, you know, by you know by now we could have even found a different thing. You know, by now oh, Netflix true. could have contacted us and said that we have free reign to use all the music from Evangelion <laughs> for forever, and and that we're the mm-hmm. biggest fans in the world, and that we should go to japan and meet ano and interview him for the podcast oh my god that could have happened oh my goodness it didn't happen guys no that's not gonna happen (laughs) but hello to our 20 listeners out there yeah yeah, we got you know (laughs) we know you're there little small group some of you are our friends from back home what's up guys you know (laughs) red toji's forever um yeah red toji's red (laughs) (laughs) i don't know where i I pulled that one out of that of nowhere (laughs) well red toji's was and we'll talk about this and i can post this but i made a evangelion uno deck you did um very professional job if i remember correctly. I, I took a lot of t- i before i was a professional screenwriter and i was just a <laughs> high school teacher i would really struggle to find some sort of creative outlet and it's so I, I made a lot of board games and and uno was my favorite one to do because it was really i made a firefly uno deck and a, oh, and a doctor it. who yeah. uno deck well, all because there was a Harry Potter Uno deck that we played. Right. And, and, and that was yeah. fun. Harry Potter comes up on this show a lot. It does weirdly. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I mean, we like Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's beca- probably because it's a it's a good American analog. Or American, I mean British. But, like, you know, a good Western analog to sure. what this type of show is. But, yeah, I sort of jumped on that in the first episode of this podcast, and it comes up now every single time. Yeah, that's all right. Take, oh, yeah, I mean, take a drink. You get 2001. Ultraman and Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. Whenever those come up, it's, you that's can, the sync ratios drinking game. You can take a drink. Uh, but no, we made this Uno deck, and it was. It, I can't remember what the website was, but there was like a, a release of Evangelion trading cards. So it had really mm-hmm. great art that was card shaped. Oh, okay. So I used a lot of those images, and I made a background that was a big red cross, which mm-hmm. we we've seen some crosses so far. There's going to be a big red cross that's going to be important later. And then when End of Evangelion came out in the theaters, there was a program, you know, like when um, like Hateful a Eight. Card thing yeah, like it. when Hateful Eight came out and they did the road show mm-hmm. and you got like the little, yeah, the little booklet. I think I still have mine. Yeah, I've got mine, Hateful Eight one somewhere. But there was a thing called the Red Cross book, which came out. And that was, for a long time, one of the few official sources for information like it would explain here's what lcl is and you oh. know sort of outline a lot of things it had like a lot of um yeah like like a like a glossary of terms basically but this was in english no no okay no. this was like when you went to the theater in, in japan, japan. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah in 97 or whenever the movie came out you would get the red cross book and so that was the thing and the cover was a big red cross it said mm-hmm. an evangelion on it um so the background for the uno cards was like this red cross and then uh. it would be blue and orange uh, and purple, so it would be the colors of the of the Avas were the colors for the Uno cards, and so they, and one of the cards was was Toji, and I don't know why. I don't. Yeah. I was. I would always. 
I got real excited about ending games with a red toji, and that was my strategy. Was trying to yeah, there was just. I mean, it, this is all so toji. nerdy, but it just like you, you you do this enough, and you you form a bunch of in jokes, and yeah, for some reason you fixated on the the red toji. There was, a, but there was a lot of jokes. The pur- purple ray, you, you sung you, to the tune of Purple Rain when you played the card, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. You just, I'm just ruining my chances of ever being taken seriously <laughs> nope. by a woman. I, I just, yeah, just publicly <clears throat> talking about all of our anime jokes. And That's what this you know. is about welcome yeah. friends. Yeah. This is a this is the place for you to let it out. Oh man, yeah. But yeah, Red Toji's, and then and then well, that, that became the the name of yes. the weekly anime watching night at your uh, home in Noonan, Georgia. Yes, that for was, all of our friends. Yeah, so Red, Red Toji's was like was like the, the adult anime club. Yes. Like a bunch of adult men coming over <laughs> yeah. to my house, we'll watch anime. Yeah, and we'll call it Red Toji's. <clears throat> and this is this was by the this is just a for like because I I was in college for a lot of that, so I didn't get to. Participate you were not. As much. Were you a were you a founding member of the Red Toji's? Well, I mean, or? I was in the sense that I played the Uno game and like started all the jokes, but like then you guys started doing that, but I was living in Savannah going to film school. And then after I graduated and, you know, my life stalled out of just the, the post-film school panic of what the fuck to do, I moved back to Georgia and I was working at a warehouse and just like living this like hardcore blue collar life, like <laughs> this sort of like, like evening shift at a warehouse, like unpacking boxes and stocking things and it was but that was the time that i actually was because we would get off of work i know you and watched drive my hime with us mm-hmm. and hurry suzumiya and a handful of other things i mean i definitely it was it was the year that i was doing that year okay. plus so i mean i was going every right. week for the thing but you guys were had been doing it for quite a while and there was a lot of jokes i didn't get and stuff like that <laughs> um yeah but i remember you just to get back to the music which yeah, again, it's I guess it's silly to be talking about this when it's been on multiple episodes yeah. <laughs> at this point. But you were asking me about what we should do for music yeah. because we don't want to use anything that we can't actually license. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, there's tons of uh, classical music that's in Evangelion, so we had kind of our pick yeah. of different classical songs. And <laughs> you want to talk about? Listen, I'm already married, so I can I can reveal this, and my wife knows she knew at the time. But we hired a harpist at our wedding, and I made sure that the harpist played almost exclusively classical pieces from Evangelion, <laughs> like on purpose. I was like, "Well, I want you to play yeah. Air. I want Canon and D on yeah, there. Yeah. I want Ode to Joy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I was in your wedding, and um, which all were like traditional yeah. like wedding songs. So like she knew them all. So it was like yeah, really no, easy. it was so like, it easy. wasn't yeah. a big stretch. It was just like I think Canon and D is like at every wedding, anyways. Yeah. But it's you know used to great effect in this uh, in this show. So. so just a low key wedding Easter egg mm-hmm. was, uh, no, that was, all the songs were one. Evangelion songs. That is funny. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, like Ode to Joy seemed to be the one that was the most like it was so bombastic. Like all, all the other ones sounded like masterpiece yeah, theater. Yeah, like it sounded like uh, funny in the wrong way. Yeah. And I think Ode to Joy is funny in the right way. And that it's, it's just so. And then our intros are always like, "Okay, guys, yeah. we're, we're recording." <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, um, you're enjoying that. And um, yeah, and the the, the royalty free, uh, you know, license that we. Got seems like it's working out. So I think I think when we get over like ten thousand plays, I might have to like uh, pay more for the license. Oh, okay. Um, so you know, well, don't tell your don't friends. listen to the show so much that we have to pay more for a license, guys. Like, no, I want you to. Yeah, I'll I'll pay. No, I would I would be proud. Rate to, and uh, re- rate and review. Give us that five star rating. Yeah, so we can get some listeners. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, I don't. I haven't even checked to see if anybody's uh, 
you know ranked us in the iTunes store. But if you know if you're listening to this and you like it, do that. It does help, I think, on some level. People I always mean, say that on podcasts. I definitely, if I'm looking for a podcast, it just legitimizes yeah, it. You yeah. know, when I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I gotta find a Batman podcast. Like, mm-hmm. what's a good one? Like, okay, this one has more ratings. This one has more stars. It just feels more real. Yeah. So you know, review us. You know, say in the review how cool we are. Or like, you know, how awesome the show is. Definitely compliment us for piloting Ava. That's why we do it. It's for the praise. We <laughs> yeah, want, yeah. Uh, this is how I, we define ourselves. Yeah, this is our self-worth personified right ha- now. I have nothing else. No, not a, not a not a legitimate career or a family or the support of your loved nothing ones. You know. You know. So anyways. Let's talk uh, about Magma just, Diver. Yeah, Blue. Which is episode 10. Fucking, yeah. Episode 10? Episode 10 is, yeah. Magma Diver. We're, Congratulations. We're hauling ass through this. Yeah, Congratulations to all the children. Mm-hmm. This is a script by Akio Satsukawa and Hideaki Anno, and the director is, we got two this time, Tsuyoshi Koga and Hiroyuki Ishido. I'm sorry, uh, Tsuyoshi Kaga. I'm okay. sitting too far away from my book. So Magma Diver, actually, just talking about Anno being involved in the script here, there's something, there's a little, a couple of bits of business, you know, what is it, uh... What do you say when you're when you're running the meeting like old old business? Oh, like uh, it's like min- like something about the minutes or something like I, there's a, there's <laughs> like a, keeping a, minutes yeah like old old business and new business right something like that well, catching it, up yeah. um I don't know there's shit that I gotta cover from before yeah. that yeah, I think is interesting I have we talk a lot about all the different releases. And I don't know if I made the comparison to like a, like even Galleon is probably the thing I own the most like versions of other than Evil Dead. I was about 2. to say other than Evil Dead Two, yeah, <laughs> you know, fucking yeah. Evil Dead Two. But so many different versions of all which Evil I Dead just movies. bought. I just rebought Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two on Blu-ray the other day because I realized I hadn't had them since VHS. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just a just a man. Uh, yeah, because I had fucking like the a first DVD of Evil Dead. Like didn't even have a cover. It was like the a clear case. Yeah. And the DVD had the image printed on it yeah, so you could see through yeah. it. And then there was like, you know, some other version. There was like was the, the Book of the Dead version. Yeah, the, like, I have that, yeah. all that shit. No, I know. I remember. Um, so with Evangelion, there was, we've talked about all the different releases, but with the Platinum releases, when they sort of redid the 5.1 sound and cleaned up all the images, they released them in the U.S. anyway with individual volumes. And then they released it in like the thin pack where you mm-hmm. could get like all everything in the little. Which is the one I have. Sexy box set. Like the silver, yeah, right. the platinum, yeah. And that's what I have, too. But I started yeah. to when they were coming out with the platinums. I was getting them individually, but, you know, I already owned it, so I kind of slacked off. But what you got with those, and they came out in the individual DVDs, they had these little booklets that had episode commentaries that I remember at the time being really interesting. And I still have my first two booklets I'd like mm-hmm. to try and find online or somewhere the text for these things because it's really interesting stuff. I bet that exists. We can yeah. find that. But the really interesting thing was the episode four, Hedgehog's Dilemma, which we talked about, uh, which is, I think, also Rain After Running Away, mm-hmm. which is the episode of Shinji pretty much just wandering around. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing that the commentary revealed about that that I wanted to bring up is that this episode, that episode four was actually written, the script for it was written after the script for episode five was finalized. Because as they were getting into the show, this wasn't part of the original pitch or the original plan. Oh, but like after episode three... Some of the staff started to talk about the idea, oh, we kind of would like to see more about Shinji's relationships with the people around him. And so they kind of went back and retroactively inserted this episode in, in terms of planning That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I can imagine that. 
So the interesting thing about all that is that this is the one and that episode is the one and only episode of all the TV and movie episodes in which Anno did not have a direct hand in the plot and the script. Interesting. So when you're that's actually kind of surprising to yeah, me, yeah, because you probably noticed that the script every time is somebody and Anno. And we, t- I was, I was going back and listening to an earlier episode the other day, just because I'm a narcissist and I do that apparently. But, but you gotta check. I, I want to check it and see to make sure we know, don't sound like idiots. How we sound, and then what did we say? So I make sure we try not to say that exact anecdote. Yeah, again. yeah. But I, but I found it in one of the earlier episodes where I, we we did talk about that about sort of being unclear about how the writing process in a, in a TV staff, you know, situation in Japan works and that whether or not his credit implied a literal he worked on the script or is it just like a perfunctory thing for him being the showrunner? Not that it makes me doubt his participation, although it, it, it's just interesting to learn that that one in particular, mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Like that they, they bother to clarify that, which I find interesting and also kind of fascinating because I just would have thought that would have been an episode that kind of seems like it an episode. It feels like the most on yeah, in, in a way, way. yeah. But... But, yeah, you know, it's a very important episode for establishing the tone and stuff of the series. So we should. It, it, it's probably. I mean, I'm sure it's on like IMDb. I'd be curious to how many different credited writers are there on the show. Hmm, we should yeah. probably take a tally of that at some point. I I'm haven't sure. really. But been. It, it, this little booklet does also nicely lay out that the show ran from October to. March 96. So October 95 to March 96. God, that's crazy. So I think just running straight through. October 96, I was... Uh... Well, October. it started October 95, and then it goes to March of 96. Oh. Sorry, October 95 to 96. Yeah, I was in sixth, yeah. sixth grade. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There you go. Um, I have some other stuff about Anno I want to mention. Should we do that here at the top, or do we no, want to get, get into the episode? Magma let's see. Diver. Let's see if we, yeah, if we want to do that on this one, or if we want to do it on another okay. one. Um, so this is, you know, not to like call you out, but like you, you tagged this, I think, at the end of the last episode, and then when you <laughs> showed up this morning, that this is not one of your favorite episodes. I, I mean, I guess it's fine. I just remember it is like, fine. It's totally fine. I remember watching it. And when we first watched it, like when the DVDs finally came out and I like had it, mm-hmm. that was when I was the most like, okay, everybody in my life who I care about, and this is also at the, you know, at the time of my life when I was in my early 20s, when it was like, okay, if I find something that speaks to me, then mm-hmm. everybody who's important to me has to also see this thing or yeah, read this yeah. thing, or which I guess is kind of an annoying thing, but it's also, I kind of missed that, like having... Having people do that yeah. with me and and the desire to do that with other people, you know, I've just sort of, in a lot of ways, just given up on like, okay, well, I'm not going to force my stuff on anybody. So I just enjoy things in silence and in isolation. Whereas it seemed like, and, and also with the state of media, mm-hmm. there was not so much stuff. So people were more looking for an interesting show to watch. It's not like I got eight fucking shows on Netflix yeah, and Hulu that I got. Oh, I got to catch up. Gotta it it do feels that. more like a chore now when someone tells you about a thing, just because if you didn't already know about it, you, like you said, you probably have a bunch of stuff lined up. Right. But at the same time, I don't know. I, 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 I feel you on that, but I, you know, there's, there is a pleasure in, in having something that's just yours these days, just because the discourse gets so like, overburdened but then you know i don't know well there's the desire for because of rotten tomatoes and these aggregate things in social media of like everybody must agree with you like you you kind of everybody's looking for and i'm taking this off on a tangent here but the point was that back when i was showing this to everybody because i made i made my 
wife she wasn't my wife at the time but you know, mm-hmm. woman who became my wife i made her watch it of course i was making my friends watch yeah. it, our our mutual friends um and i made my i made my parents watch this show i watched this show with my parents so i watched that's, it yeah, a lot um all in a row and this was like an episode that was sort of like oh yeah yeah, yeah let's get through this one mm-hmm. watching it now in isolation where we're taking our time yeah well, i don't i don't mind it as much but i definitely remember it being sort of like a okay but yeah it's a cool i mean it's it's cool but it is cool it's a you know it's a I cool like it concept and in in you know it's not the most action-packed but there's some funny and, it's an osaka episode effectively if we're gonna start actually talking about it and, yeah and it's, and but it, let me say that know. my least favorite evangelion episode is like my least favorite chocolate you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um not counting fucking palmer chocolate which isn't even really chocolate that's i a don't even know what that effect. is that's the dusty nasty ass easter chocolate if your parents are cheap oh, you're sure. gonna get <laughs> and the logo is like a rabbit's head making a p yeah letter i haven't touched that shit in forever and it's like so they like make really chalky eggs and listen, <laughs> listen to, favorite, to, to my chocolate topic. podcast. Yeah, it's yeah, just we did me talking about my favorite chocolates. That would um Meiji chocolate, you know. which is the Japanese chocolate, and you put mm-hmm. it in the fridge, and then you unwrap it, and you want it cold so that you can yeah. crack into it, and then you're like mellow from Death Note. Yeah. Anyway, I, I need to buy some more of that. You at were the saying something uh, important. Oh no, I mean we're obviously like, I mean I think it's probably if you go if you go back and listen to these, because we do these in chunks, if you were able to, you can probably pinpoint, which is the first episode of a chunk of recording is the, was always the one where we go on the most rambling <laughs> tangents. And then by like the second and third ones, we're more on target. So this is just a classic first episode of the day kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, this is a, this is an Oscar episode effectively. Um, you know, there's some, there's some funny business with her, you know, it's a lot of, it's about her seeking, you know, what she's always seeking, which is attention and approval and mm-hmm. respect from other people. And in, you know, many cases, uh, you know, the, the male people in her life, Kaji and being, Shinji. Yeah. Well, Shinji's, Shinji's to me, in my opinion here is sort of, he works as like a, you know, uh, if Kaji's not around, you know, he, he can, he's he can fill Kaji. in. He's a, he's a surrogate Kaji in a, in a, in a, in a, in a consistently disappointing way to her in this episode well, in particular, she sort of, she drops some of the veil of things and actually is just sort of fully says that he's disappointing in that way and not in like a playful mean way, which is sort of funny. No. Yeah. Well, and rare, but yeah. in, in some ways it's, I mean, I don't want to, uh, belittle her feelings or whatever. No, but no. I think her, Affection for Kaji is, is largely performative. Uh, we're going to get stuff where she has, you know, r- real reactions to things. But like like a childhood crush, it's sort of like Kaji's the I- the ideal and Shinji's the real possibility. Yeah. Like, she's never going to get with Kaji. But she's like, oh, Kaji, she wants his attention. She's flirting with him and makes a big show <laughs> out like, of life. She's 14. She's like 29. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's, he might even be 30. But um, the, then when she's alone with Shinji, it's sort of like, she acts like she hates him. And this is the yeah. very 14-year-old thing to do is like, oh, yeah, I like Kaji, 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 Shinji. Oh, Shinji's so stupid. I hate you. What a loser. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you tease the person that you that you really like. And and it's easy and safe to sort of like Kaji. But it's, well, yeah, more, it's a little bit more real than she wants to admit when it's like, oh, I'm flirting with Shinji. Well, and it's it underlines all the, I mean, she, she is her own version of, of you know, an adolescent and i think for her you know i she's trying to understand how to be an adult 
and how to behave as an adult and how to interact that way. And so it's like, I think that she is putting on an imitation of flirtation with Kaji because it's, it's what you're supposed to do. And she's exploring that, but you're right. It's like when she's around Shinji, it's, it's more confusing because she doesn't really know how to interact on that level. And yeah. And I do. So we see in this, so specifically you know, when she makes the, the thermal expansion stuff, which is kind of the, the key of the whole episode in, mm-hmm. in some ways, but when, when he's studying thermal expansion and she, I don't know. She was she like, if I if I warmed up my breasts, do you think they'd get bigger? And he's like, oh, I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, you're so boring. Yeah, and it's that was that's the moment I'm talking about with the yeah. first time. She she sort of it's not a like stupid Shinji. Like it's, it's like she's just kind of genuine disappointment. Yeah, she's like, she just sort of shrugs and just sort of like, dude, oh, come well, on. I was, I was I'm in a bathing to... suit. I'm trying to flirt with you, and just you could give me something here. And then and then she wanders away and then yells to get his attention to do a <laughs> a back roll entry. Yeah, yeah. Shinji, look at me. So it's just like so it goes it goes from like her imitation or attempts at like like adult flirting in some sense or other to just the most failure. childish desire for most child, look just, at me yeah that's just look, your, look over your, here. your kid just yeah there's no there's no information to communicate other than I exist and I'm gonna that, do a thing that, that requires entry. yeah and then later the giant stroke entry yeah so using this you know million dot multi million dollar equipment yeah. to be like Shinji look. No, and it's and it's cute, and I and I, I so like for the, for that I like I like Oscar in this episode. I think it's a good, it's good to see her this way, and and you know yeah oh for sure uh you know so so I mean plot wise going through we're we're kind of jumping ahead on the Oscar stuff, but to kind of walk through the plot is that this starts with the classic setup of a of an anime show of like there's gonna be a a class trip oh yeah and everybody gets to go except for the Ava pilots they have to stay we just find it, but like I, I think class trips to Okinawa I want to say have come up not just in anime but I mean that's also in uh, all about Lily Shushu which is one oh, of my is favorite it? that's where they I mean is the whole sequence the... the whole the found footage sequence in that movie where they go to Okinawa and I it's in some, I want to say it's in another movie like that. That I, like, I mean, they must, that yeah. just must be the like yeah it's the cool destination you know where you go and I guess class trips must be I mean we sort of do that over here but mm-hmm. it's it's it seems like it's a different thing or at least it's become it's iconic a big annual in, in the thing media yeah, I mean so much so that she brings it up to Kaji here which I think is really interesting is like she's hanging out with Kaji swimsuit shopping which makes him a little uncomfortable yeah good okay good <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but he brings up that he didn't get to have a, a class trip himself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, why? He's like, second, second impact happened. Yeah, it's like basically the world ended and uh, people didn't go on class trips for a while. Which you kind of forget, like, our heroes, our pilots here are all 14, so they're, like, all born around right right after second impact mm-hmm. or around that time. But our adult characters, Misato and Kaji and Ritsuko, they were the age of the pilots when second impact happened. Yeah. And so you think about, you know, the world that they grew up in. <laughs> Uh, it was very different, and in fact, the, in the manga, there's some really. I don't want to spoil the manga necessarily for people until we, again, maybe get to an episode where we can just dig into that. Mm-hmm. But there is an extended flashback of what it was like when Kaji was 14. Oh, that's cool. Which is fascinating shit that you like. When I watched the show, I didn't ever really stop and think about. Um, which I guess you don't when you're 14. Stop and think about, you know, what was it like for the adults in your life when they were your age. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a you know a growing up thing, I guess, and that's. But some we get of, you know yeah we there's get some of that in this at the end of the episode. Kensuke too. and Toji and Hikari all get to go on the trip, and we get these really great like silhouettes of them in front of the plane. 
all saying their goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Particularly fond of Toji's. Oh yeah. I'll have fun for I'll have enough fun for all of you, and then then a, a malicious laugh. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good, and there's good you know dynamic in this. Like, you know, Shinji, you know, has prepared himself to not be you know can't be disappointed because he wasn't don't expect- give a shit. Yeah, he, he wasn't expecting to go on the trip anyways, and then in you know uh, uh, Ray just obviously you know completely doesn't have any totally problem unflappable. With, you know, yeah. And yeah. Asuka's pissed off, and then you know, but then so they're good. But Asuka's so so, pissed off. Do they all the time? So then the the plot of the episode is basically that they they find a an angel embryo in a volcano. Right. Right. It's actually. Do they explain how they find it? I can't. I missed uh, that part. If they did, there's like a seismography, mm-hmm. you know, study, and they sort of find something. And then they have to send it to Nerve, and they're, they're sort of unsure. It's like a 50-50 shot that it might be an angel. Yeah. And then they go there and confirm, pattern blue, it's an angel. But yeah, they yeah, they sort of discover it. And this is and this is a big deal uh, internally here at, at Nerve because it's the first time that they can go on an, an, an offensive attempt rather than what they normally do, which is just sort of wait for the angels to show up and start fucking things up, mm-hmm. and then they dispatch to go stop them, and they're like, okay. It's sort of, you know... Compared to Asuka here, who has grown tired of waiting for Shinji yeah, and yeah. other people to notice her and is going on the offensive with him by more directly flirting and, you know. Yeah, I think, it, it, so there, yeah, the, the, there's a nice, there's offensive nice thematic, defensive connective posturing. stuff in this. And uh, we get another scene, you know, where, you know, Gendo's having to convince. Oh, the, yeah, the, the, UN the committee. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that this is a good idea. And then so all this sort of, you know, like. I haven't seen those guys in, in I a I know, minute. that's why I thought it was worth mentioning, because I know they haven't been in an episode since, like, episode two or something like mm-hmm. that, I think. Yeah, which um, is, I guess, I guess that's just the committee. It's not necessarily Zayla. Yeah, that I don't, that's, that's the distinction between those things has always been confusing, but you, you seem comfortable mm-hmm. with that assessment. Yeah. So we'll just go with that. Um. Yeah, it, this is, it's a, I'm sort of making light of the episode, but it actually is this whole idea that they find this embryonic angel. This is actually a much bigger mythological deal than it might seem at first glance, because we've always said, okay, the angels are coming, but the fact that they find this one, it's sort of, we, we've kind of been asking, where do angels come from? Yeah, because they, they just, just appear, because so far they just appear and it's like, you know, but did it, did it, you know, did it walk through an interdimensional rift? Did it fly out from space? Right. Did, were they, did they, you know, and so the idea that the this one that is... The fact that it is here on Earth is important. It's, I mean, it's kind of a, like, um, and I, I think it was only in the, the remake version, but like the War of the Worlds thing or whatever of like, you know, ancient aliens that kind of mm-hmm. are like un- under the Earth that can be awoken and stuff. Yes. Like, I I don't know if that was be part of the original War of the Worlds. So I'm not saying that they would have... Uh, been influenced by that but it's but it's a cool idea that that, you know yes this this angel's just like chilling in a volcano yes it is telling that the the at least as far as this angel is concerned it's its origins are not extraterrestrial like this it is here and it is growing it is basically Mm -hmm. born here on the planet so they're all very cautious about approaching it and i don't Mm -hmm. and Okay, I like I, I we just watched it, but then we yeah, had to let's, eat let's food, get into but this. like so so. But do they explain fully, or do you want to explain fully what like it's sort of like ultimately like what the danger is, or is it? Well, they they refer they they are very cautious about approaching an angel and handling an angel in an embryonic state because they're scared of we don't want to repeat of second impact. Yeah. So we're getting a pretty clear connection drawn here between okay the last time 
there was angels and embryonic states, something really bad happened and we don't want that to happen again. And we know that we've seen Adam, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, the yeah. first man in an embryonic, in an embryonic state. Yeah, suitcase. Yes. Uh, the first man, the first angel. Depending on how, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So these are, it's all starting to come together. We even see the picture of the embryonic angel here in the volcano. And it looks very similar to the little weird thing in this, in the briefcase that Kaji brought mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Gendo earlier that, that Gendo said was the key to the instrumentality project. Yeah. So, and yeah, these guys here, the, the instrumentality committee. So there's, so. you know, so there's a lot of vagary around, you know, but we're, we're learning more and more about and, second yeah. impact. Yeah. yeah, and, so and let's, let's flag the idea of embryonic angels. Yes, uh, and all that shit. And then on the plot level, basically they, you know, uh, they're being debriefed about the mission. Shinji just immediately, you know, reluctantly or faux reluctantly assumes like, oh, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna make me do this again. That's you know, like, telling. I hate being, you know, the, like you know, because he's always got this weird, you know, relationship to his own. The well, attention he's got he his, uh, you know, Shinji, get down off the cross, Shinji, because mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, they're gonna make me do it, and then it's like Asuka. He's like, huh? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you know, he's not super bummed, but he is surprised. And of course, Ray doesn't give a shit at all. No. Um, and Ray's is like, what? Are, what am I supposed to do? Like, <laughs> you're gonna stay here? Yeah, like, okay. And then Asuka's super pumped because it's the chance to, you know, that she gets to be the point on the mission that she's gonna be the person that has the big success and that she's gonna look great in front of Kaji. And then she's, you know, uh, immediately bummed because <laughs> the the nature of this mission involves lowering Ava Unit. Zero two into a volcano, uh-huh. and therefore it has to be uh, uh, both her plug suit and the uh, Ava itself need to be protected from the you know terrifyingly extreme <laughs> heat of this. So situation. she gets put in the like violet from Willy Wonka. Yeah, that's what that suit. And it's very funny, and she's very embarrassed because you know then she doesn't look cute anymore. And Kaji, and... Kaji even seems to like be messing with her on that because when Kaji shows up, he's like, "Oh, I thought I was gonna see Ashka's dashing figure." Yeah, <laughs> gallant, I think is the word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. gallant figure. She like screams and runs away. Yeah, and then in, in, in the unit two has to wear this like sort of like the like, D type equipment. Yeah, this like diving bell looking suit thing, and like which is maybe it's just a diving suit. But like this, this posture that it's sitting in. I know this is another weird thing that I bring up a lot is Final Fantasy VII, which I haven't played in years. But I guess it just it was a concurrent big mm-hmm. piece of Japanese yeah. pop culture that came yeah, over I was, here. Yeah, I was playing it around the same time. Yeah, so it was like all wrapped up in you know oh, Sephiroth and the Tree of Life and st- mm-hmm. stuff like that, which we'll talk about more uh, soon. I want to talk about some angel stuff. But the the D type equipment, there's something that looks a lot like it in the background of final fantasy 7 and like you're in this like room full of like treasures and stuff and it, i guess it's possible that it's just supposed to be a diving suit but it looks a lot and it's slumped down in the same kind I of posture that where and when in the game was that i can't remember it's pretty early on somebody's out there screaming, screaming yeah but... well well whatever we'll look it up or you can you know yeah, but I'm pretty sure the D-type equipment makes a cameo there. I don't. Maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part at the time. Yeah, but. could be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they, they they lower her down, and and uh, Shinji's there. You know, <laughs> but it's go- of- I said it was Ghostbusters two. Yeah, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of when they put Ray down in Ghostbusters two, and they've got to lower him into the into the river of slime. That's true. It's a long time since I've seen Ghostbusters two. Ghostbusters well. two ends with a. <laughs> painting of the ghostbusters like a yeah. fresco like a what do you call that kind of like a renaissance painting yeah, fresco, of them yeah. around the baby i 
I always just remember making fun of the ending Ghostbusters of Ghostbusters 2. Because it was the first movie that had the, like, you mess with the Ghostbusters, you mess them with all in New York City. The, the Spider-Man. And, yeah, and, and that became the ending of a bunch of, like, movies that just, it's kind of like, oh, I just, it seems so, so, it just seems lame to me. But I, you know, whatever, Ghostbusters 2 is fun. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. Yes. So she's down there, and there's immense pressure. You were getting stressed out by all of this. Because uh... one of the, I haven't talked about this in previous episodes, and it's it's interesting, like, I... I project myself, I empathize with certain situations in, in, in when I'm watching something, and especially something like this where, like, they're routinely given complicated tasks that, like, literally no one's ever performed before. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't, like, you know, it's not the same as, like, she's not, like, you know, uh, running a relay race or something. Like, this is, like, okay, no one has ever physically done this thing. And, and just all the different variables that go into things, and I just sit there and think, like, God, like, you know, one fucking mistake in in mm-hmm. in the whole thing, and they make they make that very clear because the the UN uh, forces are there, like planning to like basically nuke oh, right. nuke the whole place if she fucks up. If and you fuck up, they're gonna drop. They this kill bomb. everybody, and, and, that's like, and she's like, "Who would have ordered that?" Yeah. It's like, "Oh, your dad." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and so that's how big of a deal it is, and 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 so I project myself into it and imagine what it would be like, but then uh, sort of in a related way. I tend to think of this, and in, in, we haven't talked about video, the video games, because um, I don't think I've ever played any of the, the uh, Evangelion video games. Yeah, we should talk but about I, the video games I, at some point. Now that I'm watching it, and I you know, didn't play video games for many, many years, and I do play video games now, and I can see how the different individual uh, Angel missions would play great as different you know uh, yes. levels of a video game, and that this one in particular, this is the kind of like video game level where it wouldn't, you wouldn't have a lot to do but it'd be like there's one or two things that if you don't do them you just die (laughs) and then you have to do the whole thing again Uh so it would be like one of those things like in this it's like you'd probably have to lower down and it's like really boring and really boring but like the whole there's a part where Shinji drops his knife into the volcano so that she and it's It's basically a a quick time event (laughs) if you didn't catch the knife you would lose the level. Yeah. So then you'd have to go through the whole thing of being lowered down this and waiting for the moment. Resident Evil 4 quick yeah. time events yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And oh, like, Krauser's coming at you with the knife. You didn't hit the green button in time? Well, that's it's also that's also Space Ace. and Oh, uh, that's what the, those games are entirely. And that's basically. all it is. Yeah. And I just remember playing those as a kid and just it being so stressful that the you're N64 like, I know. The N64 Evangelion game is kind of like that. That's cool. Uh, I'd and like I, to, I, should, I wonder if I can get an emulator or something. Well, I have the 64 one, which will play on my 64. So okay. we can, I can sure. actually even bring my 64. Yeah, we'll do that as an episode where we play we and talk play. about so it. So I yeah. guess I won't go too in-depth to that. But there, it's it's every level is a kind of a slightly... This is with like a lot of weird Japanese games. And this like a lot of times why they don't come over here is because they like the gameplay is... Each level is different. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It's cool that each level is different, but it's sort of like there's not really a cohesive like gameplay that element mm-hmm. that's good enough to be like the whole game. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sort of a harder sell, and it's you know it just plays very strange uh, over here. But it's interesting, and it is fun that you do get well, this variety of types of button pressing. Well, the challenges. first we didn't talk about it on the on Oscar's first episode, but that was the first episode I, I think I, that I thought of it where like the the when when she's having to jump between the different right. the battleships and stuff. I was like, oh, this would be this just seems like a great video game mm-hmm. level where you've you've got it's like Frogger, you're hopping around on the things, <laughs> and you're like, and you know, you're got to measure your time and the distance. There's there's just a bunch of I can just see it being fun. So I don't yeah. again, I mostly we'll I'll play the game and. We'll, but that's what was stressing you out was that yeah. All yeah. Of her, you know. yeah, just because she's and down the, there, and I'm, I don't have claustrophobia, but I, I'm so, 
my the the anxiety that I have on just a normal basis makes me so aware of like how things can fuck up and the idea yeah. of being isolated inside this thing that you're just surrounded by like lava. It's just like it's yeah. so it, you're magma like, diver. Is, I don't. Could you would you be able to see? I don't in lava think so. like that. I don't know why it's so. I mean, in in the in the uh, in the movie The Core from two thousand three <laughs> or whenever Very that was scientifically accurate. Yeah, they they have an imaging like a sort of like it translates the. It just basically looks like oh, a rainbow gotcha. or something. Like they find they they find some sort of like bullshit scientific justification for how it's like a seismic reading or a, or a, like or a, like yeah echolocation yeah that, that they now is sonar. visualized into a thing. So I'm sure that you would throw the same because yeah I don't there's no way it's like translucent <laughs> like it's right. This is angel lava. I mean the other thing that's stressful about the scene is the music, which we both called mm-hmm. out while we were watching it, and it's a, a thing that's. I think in episode two, you see it. I know it's plays like when, I think maybe when the, the Ava's hand is revealed mm-hmm. in episode three yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, an eyes wide shut John Carpenter. John Carpenter. I, I kept thing. on thinking yeah. it sounds like a John Carpenter thing. And we were like, you know, you were asking me about that track and I was like, I can't remember what it's called. And I was like, no, I think it's called Marking Time Waiting to Die. And that, that oh, is great. what it's called, which is the perfect name for that. Yeah. It's just this little piano, this repetitive like piano note. Just Yeah, it's like ding, the, the whole the ding, hold music of the afterlife or ding, something. <laughs> like, ding, ding. Yeah, so good. Uh, and that's super stressful. But yeah, then so the angel whole, busts out. The, yeah, the angel, you know, surprise, the embryo. The angel is Sandalfon. 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 That's cool. And I'm just going to read the Wikipedia here, and then I'm going to explain why okay. I'm reading the Wikipedia. And I know I'm being that guy that's just like, well, I I read the Wikipedia. I, that's the you should, That's great. That's what the world, we're all about, then. But uh, every podcast needs one. So it's probably related to the Hebrew Sandek, which would correspond okay. to the tradition of a station held by Elijah with regard to evocation of the prophet in his capacity being... Protector of unborn children. Interesting. Because this angel is in an unborn state. This is an embryonic angel, and they're essentially trying huh. to commit an angel abortion here. Yeah, if you think about it. By by killing him in this embryonic state. So I do find that interesting that, yeah, yeah that seems, relating that seems to unborn in, children. Intentional, because we've, we've had, kind of yes. had that question before, is how much the names are, are they really interested well, in referencing? Well, since we're on this, Go for it. let me talk about some of the others that we didn't really talk about we talked about israfel in the last episode the both of you dance like you want to win episode and uh just sort of like okay that's his name but israfel is the angel who blows the trumpet before armageddon oh is that true in in arabic stuff um and is sometimes depicted as the angel of music hmm that's interesting yes obviously music and relating to them Them doing the choreographed dance to the music so it's all about that so that was one of the ones that's also pretty uh i think the name was chosen for a specific reason would seem that way and then gogiel was the we're talking just about the episode of uh the water one yeah the water one the fish the fish guy um this one's more complicated because gogiel isn't actually the name of an angel in um yeah. In any sort of apocryphal text, right? Apocryphal text. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. It's not like from apocryphal texts or other stuff. It's this has to do with the Kabbalah stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and this is where you know this stuff gets so tricky. So obviously, forgive us if we're <laughs> completely misinformed or misrepresent Probably. something. And yeah. there's a whole thing where it could be. It is just you know Jewish mysticism and anti-Semitism and like you just like sort of want to be careful with how. 
you treat these sorts of things in fiction and, and in mm-hmm. readings of fiction and stuff like that. But Gagiel in Kabbalah, this is the name of the Klepha. It's corresponding to uh-huh. one of the, the Sephiroths on that tree of life. Okay. Okay. All right. And um, in the Kabbalah, Cleophoth that uh, they they represent the unbalanced force of a particular Sephiroth. All the little the little ten circles mm-hmm. on the tree of life are aspects of the infinite or God, uh-huh. and it's sort of like a map of all of creation. Like we were talking uh-huh. about, as a map to enlightenment, but it's sort of you know the, the dumbest, the most dumbed down version of it is sort of like this represents all aspects of reality and creation, and so each little circle represents a different thing. And so you've got this uh, one Sephiroth that is wisdom, mm-hmm. like Chakma, which is, is wisdom. So this is concerned with creative energy. Mm-hmm. And it's a phallic force that acts upon Bina, which is the great mother, the receiver of the energy that gives it form. So if you have wisdom not balanced by that, if you have Chakma not balanced by the force of Bina, mm-hmm. it remains proud, unrestricted energy that's too stubborn to be bound by the matrix of the mother unwilling to bow down to man and take material form. And so the energy becomes um, prideful and egotistical mm-hmm. and maintains itself in a world of illusions and lies. Mm-hmm. So that's Asuka in, Interesting. A, in a nutshell. Now, yeah. This is one that's more of a, a stretch. Like obviously I think, oh, the angel of music yeah, yeah, that's going to yeah, be the one yeah. in the music episode. But this is more like chosen for, and I don't know, but it's not It's not an angel. It's sort of this this hinderer or this evil thing that is sort of the corruption of the different aspects of God on the that's tree of life. And that, yeah, if, if this one sort of cor- gets corrupted, it just the fact that it relates to prideful energy and the ego. Yeah, um, I mean, that seems like almost definitely intentional on their part, choosing that name. Since it breaks the pattern from the other ones, yeah, well, I, you know? yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that Oscar is definitely someone that kind of lives in a world of illusion and lies that are all based on mm-hmm. ego and pride, and so anyway, wanted to call out that. Yeah, go off on that. No, for thank a you. So I mean, yeah, I mean, the, there's not. I mean, the rest of the episode, you know, Angel it, it, breaks out. Yeah, tries to eat her. She's Shinji drops the knife. She does catch it. Um, Shinji doing an admirable job of, you know being the second yeah you know, no. taking the, the second position i think he's he's probably, probably better ha- in second position happier, than most yeah. people are i mean because he, he like he's yeah he, he does the one thing and it's successful and then she she uses thermal expansion yeah it's it's a it's a it's a, earlier a in yeah the it's a sort of uh, yeah three-part joke their reference to it there and and you know we were trying to figure out if the physics makes sense i don't really care to well because she they remember her and Shinji both remember thermal expansion. Then they she floods her coolant into the angel's mouth, which it, thermal expansion. So it means should make it contract. I guess. I mean, I just take it to mean that it's, it weakens it. It just weakens it in the sense that its natural state is hot, and so extreme right. cold weakens it, and therefore, because her the the knife, the progressive knife, won't work. She can't stab <laughs> through it. it directly in the eye, and it won't do anything. Like Ritsko says that, and then they both they also have the thought at the same time. She does it; it works, and then but the damage that she's already incurred, like her the line is cut, and so she wins. But mm-hmm. then she starts sinking down, and she has this moment of like acceptance of. Oh, her. that's right. She's yeah. like, I guess this is it, isn't it? And then so she's just gonna die, and then you know Shinji 
you know, in a great supporter. Yeah, you know, jumps in with Ava Unit 1 not wearing the diving suit thing mm-hmm. and grabs her and pulls her back out. And it's really sweet. And, you and know. And instead of getting, like, mad at, like, you know, oh, you're stealing my limelight, she is genuinely like, hey, yeah. hey bud, let's not overdo it. Like, yeah. Very, uh... No, and it's a sweet. It's a, so it's a sweet episode for for Asuka, and then it ends with them all celebrating at a hot springs. And uh, gotta have the hot springs. There's... This is another anime trope. Yes, and I want to call it episode six of Gurren Lagann, which has the I best I haven't seen. hot springs episode of all time. Uh, which don't watch it on Netflix because Netflix has the edited version. It's oh. the, on the DVD, or you gotta you gotta find it somewhere else. Where they don't, because they they turn it into a clip show on the Netflix Mm. one, I think was what they put out on TV because it's, you know, it's so racy because they're in the hot springs. Uh, But it's, uh, I think. (laughs) I wonder if Netflix is going to edit the dick joke at the end of this one then. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all leading up to the hot springs here thing is all just leading up to a joke. uh, One last thermal expansion Yeah, this completes the three thermal expansion jokes. Like, uh. And and because he uh, can hear Asuka and Masato on the other side, kind of like giggling and being girly, and they're and they're all naked, and he's naked. And this is a big part of the tropes, and yeah, like the 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 deal with hot springs is, you know, in bathhouse stuff. Like with a hot spring, you have you'd have your male side and your female side, you know, mm-hmm. like a locker room or something. So girls over here, guys over there, which is in anime definitely a great way to do a lot of pervy jokes because the guys are going to be on one side wanting to see the girls (laughs) only able to hear in this case it's just it's just pen pen who's been mailed to them by kaji mailed pen pen to them it is a great joke there's a number of good pen 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 gets a lot of play in in this this one from from his early appearance he's in a bathtub taking a bath floating in the bathtub probably i would like to know what deep thoughts he's thinking because we've had shinji and misato both have some pretty deep uh refle- self-reflections in the tub it's a real it's a real oversight that there's not a pin pin centric episode that has his own internal monologue but Definitely. you know i don't blame them but yeah i love when pen pen pops out and uh it, it understands english because shinji's just like oh the the hot springs is to the left and, he <laughs> and then they then he goes and so they're they're floating around in there together and then uh there's some shenanigans and Shinji, you don't see it or anything like that but the implication is that uh pin pin notices that shinji has an erection and they both get really embarrassed and it freak expanded. out. How embarrassing! Pen Pen doesn't doesn't freak out. Pen Pen's just curious. No, does I think he just like looks at him and just kind of like exclamation yeah. point. Yeah, appears. yeah. And then and then and then it ends with a nice a moment where Asuka and Masato are sitting and you know they're 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 both you know their bodies are you know they're both naked together. It's not you know you watch it. I'm not being weird, but like it, the point of the whole thing is is that now with their clothes off, she can see that Masato has a scar yes. on her chest, and she mm, asks about it, and she got that scar in Second Impact. So it's the second. Did she say that? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can play it back to make sure, but I'm pretty no, it's sure fine. we're gonna find that out. <laughs> is that, and that's yeah. not a huge spoiler, but yeah. because yeah, but it's 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 nice as a thing that you know is the second uh, reference to an adult saying to Asuka, you know, pointing out to Asuka yes. that 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 you know. Crazy shit happened, and we all... We lived through crazy shit yeah. as well. Yeah. And we're sort of going to make you make sure we don't go through more crazy shit. Like, yeah. Oh, she does say, I got this in Second Impact, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good. It's funny. I don't want to leave behind the Gurren Logan episode, because... Sorry, the, sorry. It is, it is the Gurren Logan episode that has cameos from other Gynox characters. Like, oh, okay. There's a bunch of bunny girls, like sexy bunny girls, mm-hmm. and Ray's there, and Misato's there, and really? the characters from Die Buster and Gunbuster are there. 
So it's definitely because it's another Gurren Gar- Lagann is another guy. Not I need. Show. To, I need to. I, we've talked about this many times before. I, I need to just get a hold of it. Um, you own it, right? I could borrow. Yes. You. Yes. But I should. I can also just look it up. But yeah, it is on Netflix. But again, that one episode six is and and it, it's called. There are some things you just gotta see. I believe. That's funny. Which is yeah. There's a there's like a an older brother character who's this gregarious you know leader and then you have your like more shinji-esque sort of like little boy character and there's yeah he it's you know it sounds bad but like the whole thing is like he's just very gregariously like we have to as men we have to like peep so it's like (laughs) taking this revenge of the nerds thing which i know can be a little uncomfortable but it's just it's so like i don't know there's something so innocent about it of like his just desire of like we have to do this bro like it's it's our challenges men which is something that comes up even in this episode with uh asuka calling shinji out on you know his masculinity okay wait um so we're we're probably about at it for this episode so we maybe should do this the other thing but i uh and the next one we but can I wrap did, this one up uh i did just i forgot i googled i just looked at my phone and realized i had googled while we were talking uh, one other random thing that we noticed was that this is the first episode that Masada was drinking a different brand oh, of beer. Oh, yeah, her beer changes. And uh, She was drinking Yabisu, and yeah. now she's drinking Boa. And it doesn't... Um, okay, so I'm going to read this. Uh, this is from wiki.avageeks.org, because I just Googled Boa beer, and then right. an auto-prompt on Google was Boa beer Evangelion, and then it led me to this. Which, Ava Geeks is the place to go and probably does have what I was talking about in terms of the, the text from these... Uh, the original release books of the platinum with all the commentary. I bet they have that. On yeah. Them. We should look They're at an that. Excellent off. resource. Yeah. But so, so this is, so, the, so I clicked on it in the entry is for Yebisu. Um, and I'm just going to read. It's not very long. Yebisu is Masato Katsuragi's favorite brand of beer. Her refrigerator is filled with dozens of cans of it. Masato has been known to routinely start her day by waking up and then chugging an entire can of Yebisu beer. Note, Yebisu is actually a real life, uh, brand beer in Japan, which we I think we uh-huh. talked about. I think I've had it in Japan myself. Uh, when the series was originally broadcast in Japan, the TV networks the series was airing on complained that they didn't want to advertise for Yebisu uh, oh. for free. Oh. So by episode two, the name was changed to the fictional Yebichu, <laughs> ta- uh, named as a direct homage to the manga series uh, Oruchuban. Uh-huh. I don't know what that is. Uh, however, when the series was released on video and DVD, the name Yebisu was restored. Oh. Subsequent airings of the series and syndication, i.e. Adult Swim in North America, tend to be based on the video or DVD releases, so Yebisu uh, was also seen when aired on such channels as well. Uh probably because of this legal battle in episode <laughs> 10 and episode 12, Masada switches from Yebisu brand to Boa brand beer. So I think is it Boa a real brand of beer? I think it's not. I think that's the thing is that I think it was just a completely made Boa up Boa is the name of the artist who does the opening song for Serial Experiments Lane, if I'm not mistaken. It could be a thing, could not be. There's a bunch of there is a bunch of fake uh uh Boa beer like merchandise that you can buy on the internet. Hmm. So I, I assume this means Well, that what is... what happened is that Misada went to <laughs> she went to buy the beer and they were out of her brand or Boa is the beer that she buys when she's in her red car, as opposed to her blue car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but you know, so you know, you can, okay, you can get yibisu, I think, in in like specialty grocery stores, and you know, probably like a beer, like a you know, one of those beer stores that has every kind of beer, and mm-hmm. and uh, but she also drinks bowl, UCC coffee, which, which we still need to track down some more of. I, th- I should just make a trip over to the Korean grocery store and buy all these things. UCC canned coffee. I don't think you see it in the show. You see it in no, the rebuild movies. But it's Anna's thing. It's, like it's Anna's thing. He used to drink like three cans of UCC canned coffee a day. And it is in the manga. You can see mm-hmm. Misato drinking UCC coffee. And does it he, is my favorite. Does he, and he, does he specifically drink the milk one that's in the white cans? Do you know? or is I it, think so. I mean, that's kind of the main one. I, but I feel like like, like black... Yeah, there's but, like, you know, other, but that's the one you see. Most, most likely you're going to find the milk coffee. Yeah. Um, and Anno has a terrible diet. Is like, I've, I've now seen in multiple sources talking about how terrible his diet is because he's a vegetarian. Mm, but so it means he's probably just eating. But just because he's like super picky. So he eats just like a lot of snacks. Like yeah, he eats that makes like a lot of sense. crackers and shit and like drinks canned coffee and. You know, so it's not it's not a balanced diet. Both both his the the manga written by his wife and then the the other book, the Nintenki memoirs written by you know a coworker, are both like yeah he just has a terrible diet. I think he eats fish, um, but he's like super. That's picky, funny. Which what? you know it's very familiar. Yeah, we've all been there. Well, it's probably we should probably call it there and then get on to the next one. Yeah, sure. So thanks um, for listening, guys. Uh, you know, find us on Twitter and you know. Tell us we suck or something. I don't know. Well, don't do that. But I mean, yeah. whatever. We can take it. Ben can take it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All, all negative complaints descended to me. All praise into Luke. Uh, we'll sort it out. You know, here at the home office and get back to you uh, with a timely response. But yeah. thank and you for listening. We'll, we'll see you next time for. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the next one? It was a big one. Oh, is this the day Tokyo Three stood still? Maybe. Well, I know we're going on to another day. It'll be episode but... eleven episode um, i'm looking it up in my book you're taking a oh it is within the still darkness aka the day tokyo three stood still all right well uh, we'll see you guys then yep goodbye <laughs>